our yearly meeting with our parents, I, I sometimes am asked, you know, do you have a set of rules that you, you know, that run the program yeah. by? And my answer is no. We got a set of values that the program is run by. And um, whenever I deal with a discipline issue, I run it through the lens of one or more of those core values. And it has really been something that has not only helped me um, better lead, but yeah. it's also something that's um, helped shape the culture here. And it's something that kids immediately connect with. Hey, welcome back to another rep. My name is Steve Hagan. Thanks for tuning into this show. I know you got a jillion choices to make, and I'm just glad you chose this one. If you like uh, another rep, hit subscribe, hit like, share this with your friends, leave a comment, do all the things that you're supposed to do. You know the drill. And uh, let me tell you what another rep is about. I coached in in the NFL, and I coached college football. I made a career out of coaching football. 38 years of coaching football. And we were always repping, always trying to get better. Another rep is how, what are you doing? What are you repping? What are you repping in life? And then share that story with us because we're all connected all the time. I know when you're coaching football, you're always connected all the time. The quarterback is directly connected to the punter. The punter's directly connected to the defense. We're all connected all the time. Just like our stories are here, we are all connected all the time. So you're going to love this story today, and I just want you to sit back, listen to it, enjoy it, share it with your friends, and let's go get another rep. Let's go. Long-time friend. We actually coached together at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill, Tar Heels, and uh, his name is Stephen Wright. He's Dr. Stephen Wright now, and um, I'm going to let him tell you about his uh, ministry, but he's also coaching, and he I'm going to let you brag about that too. And if you don't brag, I'm going to brag you up. But Steve, thanks for coming on the show. I love having you on the show. And uh, let's just get rolling, man. You won the state championship. Yeah, we we did. It was uh, the culmination of a lot of years. And as you well know, as a football coach, it is so hard to win a championship really at any level. Yeah. And um, I have been uh, starting my 12th year here at Cardinal Gibbons right now. And um, it was a culmination of a lot of years, a lot of hard work. And uh, Did all those guys that played before you 12 years get a ring? <laughs> <laughs> hey, they deserve one. Yeah, they deserve they one. I, I had a bunch of them uh, text me, you know, just congratulations. And uh, th- those guys laid a foundation, you know. Absolutely. Um, our, our school's been in existence for 113 years. Oh, man. Um, the football program was in existence that it took a hiatus soon after World War II and was not brought back until 1992. Wow. And um, the athletic director, uh, Dean Monroe, who hired me in well, 12 years ago now, um, he was the one that helped get that program, the, the football program restarted. And he told me this year, um, after their first two seasons, they were one in 15. And they considered shutting it down again and just saying, maybe this wasn't such a good idea. <laughs> and so, but they um, hadn't met you yet. Uh, yeah. Right. So <laughs> they, you know, they, uh, you know, they had considered shutting it down again, but uh, they persevered. And I can't tell you how many guys uh, that I never coached, but uh, players and coaches from, you know, 1992 to present day, how excited they were. It was the first football state championship in school history. Wow. And uh, 
we one of many our, to come one of many to come oh man we had we had the whole community turn out um uh, you know it just it was phenomenal and uh, it really was a school-wide celebration um and just a ton of excitement but i um, mean so be. proud of our staff and our kids that's 113 uh, years of pent-up <laughs> frustration all coming out at- <laughs> that's right no that's no doubt awesome. no doubt so, that is so cool what'd you get your doctorate in uh, i got my doctorate in christian leadership oh and, cool um in fact, it really was foundational for me as a football coach. Mm-hmm. Um, it helped recalibrate me and, uh, and in a lot of ways remind me of why I do what I do. Um, yeah. Obviously, as you well know, when you're in um, a competitive environment, regardless of sport, and you're sitting in the role of a coach, you know, you're trying to win. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but oftentimes that can become the goal and, um, and then priorities kind of get knocked out of whack when we're talking about from a kingdom perspective or from the Christian perspective. Yeah. And this, uh, the, the doctoral work that I did really helped kind of recalibrate me. And what was your um, thesis on? So it was, it, the, the title is coaching as discipleship. Oh, nice. And so it was, I, I looked at the, took a close look at the gospel of Matthew and Jesus's model of discipleship. And I overlaid, you know, modern sport kind of into that, um, into that model. Yeah. And, you know, with, with the goal of helping equip coaches, uh, Christian coaches in particular, of understanding what their role is as a coach and how they can best leverage that for the kingdom of God. Yeah. And so it really um, became something that was foundational to me as a coach. And um, you know, it's something that has shaped our program culturally. Um, we've got six core values. Yeah. Let's go through those. Cause that's my, one of my biggest questions is cause when you come in as a head coach, regardless of what happened before you, you, establish that culture sometimes it tags on to the previous coach's culture or it doesn't at all and so let's let's go through those core values if you call them that or however you yeah however you got them go ahead absolutely well these six core values are all biblically driven uh, they emerged out of my doctoral dissertation and uh, proved to be foundational for us here at cardinal gibbons and really define our culture here um, the first one is love. Second one, sacrifice, service, accountability, community, and joy. And so those six core values, I, 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 at our, our yearly meeting with our parents, I, I sometimes am asked, you know, do you have a set of rules that you, you know, that run the program yeah. by? And my answer is no. We got a set of values that the program is run by. And um, whenever I deal with a discipline issue, I run it through the lens of one or more of those core values. And it has really been something that has not only helped me um, better lead, but yeah. it's also something that's um, helped shape the culture here. And it's something that kids immediately connect with. Yeah, I love that. I love that because, um, you know, we were at, I was at a secular school one time, right? <laughs> I was at Fresno State all these work wherever you're at yeah just you're certain places you're not allowed to speak about god as much as you would at cardinal gibbons right 
So our core values were smart, fast, physical, fundamental football players that do whatever it takes to win and leave no doubt. That was really fast, I know, but we got them all to memorize that. And everything we did, recruiting, uh, you know, grading film, everything we did was based on, are you smart? Are you fast? Are you physical? Are you a fundamental football player? Are you doing whatever it takes to win and leaving no doubt? When you do that, our team will be good. And it's just like this, you know, you're doing that same thing. You're, you're looking for smart, fast, physical, fundamental football players that do whatever it takes to win and leave no doubt. But that is in addition, or that's just what we're doing here. It's, it's, that's how we coach it here. But really what we're trying to do is make sure you love each other and you serve each other and you sacrifice something for the team and you are accountable and you enjoy this community and that's what gives us joy as a team. And that culminates in 113 year victory. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's been awesome. And and we reinforce that in a number of ways. Um, You know, we take one core value per week and during the regular season, we'll run through these core values twice. Okay. Um, We've got a 12 week regular season, 11 games and one bye week but we'll run through these, um, you know, one per week. We'll make it a point of emphasis. We'll introduce it on Monday. We have a program-wide dinner on Wednesday. We'll break up into small groups and we'll talk through. Um, I'll take a passage of scripture, have three to five questions, and I'll kind of take them through how or what this is and how it applies to who we are and what we do. And then it'll culminate in a chapel service um, for us, uh, our JV and freshman teams on Thursday and our varsity team on Friday. Oh, you got to love that. Yeah. So it's, it's been something that's been really cool. um, Something tangible for these kids to connect with. And um, did you you bring that in like 12 years ago or has it evolved into what it is to today? No. Yeah. I, I, I brought it in with me 12 years ago. And obviously, you know, over the years, we've kind of shaped and, 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 yeah. and adjusted a few things, but those core values um, in terms of the way we do it, but those core values have been the, the, the steady. That's what's been constant. And the dinners at the house and the chapel and all that too, as well. We actually, you know, we do the dinner at the school. Okay. Um, we've got, we've got a, yeah, you don't want all those kids at your house, right? <laughs> yeah. We've got, we got, we got a bunch of kids. I got 165 kids in the program. <laughs> um, <laughs> that make up those three teams so yeah we couldn't quite host it at the house but uh yeah we do it in the cafeteria you just might have to open up. the garage up a little bit right, move yeah. the car back <laughs> yeah exactly so uh yeah. but yeah it's been it's been awesome and it's been something that has uh yeah i mean it, it's it's the core of who we are and how we operate and i would point to that as as the really the ultimate reason why we've gotten to where we have yeah and then i would imagine by the time they're seniors or at least juniors, they know it. They know the program yeah. really well, and they know the expectation of the program. So you're pretty much leading it, but they're owning it. I mean, you own right. it, obviously, but you've transferred the ownership to them. That's what I believe that's what great coaches do. When the team owns itself, that's when it wins the most yep. consistently. And uh, there's, there's so, no question. So let's talk about that as part of your culture. How do you transfer that ownership? to those kids. Yeah. So uh, to use a, a, a biblical um, analogy, you know, uh, when you look at scripture um, leadership really as looked at through the lens of shepherding. 
And my objective is to uh, develop under shepherds um, or, or, or guys that are within the flock uh, to carry that forward yeah. um, that are leading from within. Do you have a uh, name but, for those guys on your team? Yeah, it, we, we've got, it's just our leadership council. Okay. And so each spring I have, um, I open it up to the entire program and say, hey, listen, if you're interested in helping serve um, on the leadership council, um, here's how you go about that. We have an application process. They turn in a two-page paper on leadership. Um, I give them a book to read. What's the um, book? Well, we, we, I, I change it up. The Bible. Uh, they got to read the whole Bible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll change it up um, each year. Um, but one book that we've used in the past is Boys in the Boat, mm. um, a, a book that was written, uh, a true story, um, but uh, recounts um, a crew team from the University of Washington back in the early 20th century, um, you know, that ended up rowing in the, in the Summer Olympics, actually in Germany in the, in the 30s, 1930s. And, um, you know, so I'll usually take something like that um, where you know, it's kind of an easy, easy read in the sense that it's something that happened in real life. It's something that is revolves around leadership yeah. and it's something that generally revolves around sport. Yeah. So, um, and so I'll have them read that, write a paper, um, a little two page paper based off of a leadership lesson they pulled from the, from that book. Yeah. And then they interview with me and um, I typically will have anywhere from 40 to 50 guys apply. And then we'll, generally take 12 to 15 uh, for the leadership group and uh, and go from there. And then I spend the, the last quarter of the school year uh, helping train them so that when we hit summer workouts and then we get into the season, they really are my eyes, hands, and feet. And yeah. um, they're serving as leaders within our community. Here's the hard question. Have you ever had to like cut somebody from the leadership council <laughs> no no i haven't you vetted um, them well before they got that far yeah right? yeah yeah we vetted them pretty well um i've never had had that happen and so uh fortunately or fortunately and hopefully we don't have to do that yeah <laughs> that's the objective we <laughs> yeah. vet you before we cut you that doesn't right. always happen doesn't always happen in the nfl either <laughs> yeah yeah hey um let's talk about your ministry you know the uh the coaching ministry that you do yep. and, and how that goes. And I know it's in direct correlation with building your team and your culture and all that. So it's, it's just another thing you do. <laughs> yeah. It, it's um it's something that, you know, obviously, and again, you well know this during the fall, um, things are a hundred miles an hour working long hours Yep. and uh, you got more than enough to do. Um, but in the spring and sometimes in the summer, I'll have the opportunity to consult with some other staffs or just to provide some perspective. Um, and so it really, I guess you could term the ministry kind of a, a consulting piece. Um, but I'm attempting to finish off a book um, that hopefully will get done here uh, by the end of the summer. But um, yeah, the idea is just to serve as a kind of a sounding board, but also as a consultant um, for coaches, regardless of sport, that may be trying to connect their Christian belief system with what they do regardless. What's the, what's the link of the name? So we can put that out there. Yeah. It's a coaching revolution.com. Yeah. I'll put that on the website. uh, Yeah. I'll put that on the link. So just in case uh, whoever wants to get to it, because I know you do a fantastic job and um, you know, you're a transformational coach 
you you with all the intentionality that you're using by you know putting your it's really a it's a christian leadership council of football players and we just use the game of football as our weapon to spread the gospel essentially no no and leadership and, and great strong leadership principles and and you know that's that's the most important thing that you that we can do as coaches to, to lead forward, always play forward. I always tell my guys, Hey man, just keep playing forward and never flinch, you know, <laughs> just keep yeah. playing forward and never flinch. And I, I think it's a, it's um, real simply, it's maybe a Jesus term, you know, follow me to, to me, the two most powerful words in the Bible are follow me. He didn't say, cut your hair, quit smoking, don't drink, stop cussing. He said, follow me. And you yeah. follow when you do that, you don't really want to do all you want to be less of like you are normally and more right. like him. And so when you put core values on a team like that, kids want to gravitate towards that more so than them, their own selves. And it permeates in everything they do going to the prom, hanging out in the lunchroom, being on another team, you know, mm-hmm. how many of your kids play other sports? Most of them do. Yeah, all yeah, of them. We, 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 yeah, we encourage our kids to play at least one other sport. And I bet you nine out of 10 of our in our program play a second sport, uh, some of them a third sport during the yeah. school year. Which is great for them because, well, they get to see, they get to be coached differently because mm-hmm. whoever's going to coach them is going to coach them differently. Good, bad, and different. It's just going to be different. But they get to grow as a young man because they're getting pressed they're constantly getting pressed and squeezed in uh whatever competition they've signed up for whether it's basketball or track or baseball or something like that because you never really know who we are until we compete right that's that's what i think so you get into the playoffs and you're like all right this is a whole nother ball game here (laughs) how'd that feel for your kids i mean you guys have been in the playoffs it's just a matter of yeah, we yeah we've had a good run and and we've um you know we've been in the playoffs every year that I've been here. Yeah, um, we've played in the last three state championship games and so, um you know but this was the first year we finally got over the hump. But yeah, our our kids you know were well aware. Listen, next Monday we're either turning our pads in or we've earned another week. And yeah. so we've we've talked we talked about that at the front end of each week. Um, so listen, what was listen. the difference between this year and the previous three without naming names? Cause players do make a difference. We can say whatever we want. Yeah, no, the, they do. I, I think, <clears throat> um, I think the best thing that happened to our team is we lost in week one to the team that we beat in the state championship. Okay. Game. Yeah. And so they, they were the two time defending state champions. We got to play them in week one. And I think at that moment, our kids realized we lo- end up losing by six. It was 35-29 um, was the final. And our kids realized at that moment, we can play with anybody. There you go. And, um, and I think that was really the real difference was yeah. that, um, you know, that, that there was that maybe that seed of doubt that was, you know, immediately blown away um, by the way we played in week one. And the goal after that became, hey, let's see if we can't get back and finish this thing off. So um, I think it was a combination of, uh, you know, the experience that we had gained over the previous two seasons getting to the state championship. Yeah. And the culmination of that with a group of, 
you know, two years ago that were sophomores that were exposed to the state championship. And then as juniors played, actually played in the state championship. And then, uh, you know, to finish it off this year, uh, they were on a mission and, um, and it was mission it was accomplished. Yeah. Yeah. What, what year is your quarterback? He's a junior. Nice. So, uh, good. yeah. So good to have him back. We've got a good crew coming back, a good core of the, our crew coming back on defense. So, so um, you were a defensive guy growing up, you played DB right. at central Florida and, you know, captain and all that. And now you're the offensive coordinator at where you're at, where you're coaching. I've act, well, I've actually handed those duties off and I've got a offensive coordinator now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I've, I've done all of my coaching on the offensive side of the ball. Why? And that's a good question, <laughs> but I, I can tell you this. I'm so grateful because, you know, I, as a player, I had a very clear understanding that um, when you run a defensive scheme, there is structure to that scheme and there are rules to that scheme. And you've got to abide by those rules or giant holes open up. Yeah. And so, you know, the fun part about being on the offensive side is how can we leverage those rules against themselves, the defense? Yeah. Against themselves. Yeah. And so that's been the fun chess part of, of football for, for me being on the other side of the ball. Um, But I tell you, I've become a better head coach, not coordinating. And uh, I've got two outstanding coordinators and um, yeah, those guys have done a phenomenal job. Yeah. Um, Bill Leedy and Nick Drew. And um, and but I've been able to I'm, I've become a better game manager because right. I kind of maintain the 30,000 foot view of the yeah, game you see it from a different lens. Yeah, for sure. What's the uh, OK, so a defensive lens and then you're like my quarterback, my quarterback, my quarterback. Let's talk about that quarterback position. And and I know I have a different view or probably similar view that you do but I just want to hear yours and your perspective because I just watched these NFL playoff games this weekend you don't get to that spot without that that guy yeah yeah and and, yeah uh, your guy has got to be equally as special on a relative scale because you just you know it's just you don't get to go across those lines as a coach you don't get to step out there and go hey in the huddle let's you know so What's that quarterback mean to you and what you're looking for? What are you looking for in that guy on and off the field? Yeah, well, obviously, you, you know, you want a leader in that position, somebody that is not afraid to speak up, somebody that is um, – well, I, I always kid with our guys, you know, it's like, oh, I, I, I want to set a good example. And, and my response to that is that's awesome, but that's the floor. You know, <laughs> I, need, I need more. You know, to be a leader, you can't just set the example. You've got you've got to step up. You've got to be vocal. You've got to challenge yeah. guys. Yep. You've got to put yourself in some uncomfortable positions. There you go. Um, especially at the high school level, where peer to peer leadership sometimes is difficult. Um, but you've got to step up and you've got to do some uncomfortable things. Um, but you you can't just set the example. You've got to be a voice, and you've got to be a, a voice. Got to be the example. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that's first. Um, and then I say, obviously, you've got to have talent, you know, to play the position. Yeah. yeah. And um, so you've got to have the skill set. But I, I think the other key piece to this is you, you've got to have an understanding of what we're trying to do schematically. Yeah. And are you an RPO is, team? Well, we're, we're a traditional spread team. Um, 
and and I know this is probably a, a, a term you've heard used plenty of times, but something that we kind of you know beat into our quarterbacks' heads is listen, you're the point guard. We've got yeah. five playmakers. Yeah. I just need you to distribute the ball to where that ball needs to be and let them take care of the rest. <laughs> don't screw it up. <laughs> well, you, yeah, you don't have to be Superman. <laughs> we just want you distributing the ball efficiently. That's right. And, That's right. Uh, and, and I think, you know, you, you've got to have that guy. You've got to yeah. have that guy who's got an understanding of what you're trying to do schematically and then has the ability to then distribute the ball where it needs to be. Yeah, I agree. You know, when I was coaching in the NFL, a lot of guys just want to make the team because if they, if you make the team, you get paid a lot of money. Right. <laughs> and I, I would tell them it's not good enough to just make the team. If you don't make our team better, you won't make this team. Yeah. And that's, that is what a quarterback does. A good quarterback. He yeah, makes yeah. the team better because of all the things that you just said, he processes well, he gets his teammates that can make plays the ball quickly. And, um, you know, a friend of mine, who uh, I don't know if you know him, Marty Morningway, great dude. He would say a great quarterback is like a great uh, magician. He makes bad things disappear and good things up here. And, yeah. uh, and I've, I've remembered that for years and years and years. And it's true. You know, a good quarterback makes the team better. And yeah. whether that's biblical or not, I mean, if you think of it in those kind of terms, it does, it works that way by, you know, serving the team. Well, you serve this team well by, by your actions and what you do. So, yeah. All right. We talked about football a little bit. We talked about faith a little bit. Another thing I ask people is uh, your family, you have three daughters. Are they, they all went through, or are they still going through Cardinal Gibbons or are they, where are they? <laughs> What's yeah. Going on? <laughs> yeah, I've got, I've got two that have graduated from Cardinal Gibbons. Okay. Um, I've got one that is currently in cosmetology school. She has found her calling in hair and makeup and is excited about that. And so she's in the you midst no of money that. Me. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, I've got a freshman at Baylor university. Okay. She followed in her mom's footsteps and uh, is uh, having a good time there. She's actually majoring in international studies wow. and minoring in Russian. Oh, and, um, <laughs> and then uh, our youngest is here with me at Cardinal Gibbons. She's a freshman. Oh, wow. Gibbons. Okay. So, Very fun. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. you brought up your wife. So, I mean, let's talk about the role of a mom or a wife, uh, with a football coach. Cause that's, I'll probably have to talk to her about this too one day, <laughs> but, uh, you know, you're gone, you're, you're working, you're yeah. rolling, you know? So she's, she's probably pretty connected to what y'all do. I would yeah. imagine. She is. She's been an absolute rock star. I mean, yeah. she has been so supportive. Um, and yeah, and, and, and in many ways, she almost becomes a single mom during the fall <laughs> yeah. um, with the amount of hours that, uh, you know, we're away coaching. Yeah. Um, you know, I typically don't get home until later at night. I'm going early in the morning. And, uh, and so, yeah, she carries the load through the fall and has been an abs absolute rock at the house. Um, and just so thankful for her. Um, you know, and I think the, you know, the other blessing of being at the high school level is I've been able to have my girls here with me. Yeah. Um, 
you know, as much time as, as you well know that you spend away from the family, um, it's been such a blessing to be able to drive them in every morning. Um, a lot of times drive them home. And so, um, yeah. How do they handle uh, the stresses of a season? I know y'all have been winning a lot, so it wasn't too stressful, but, um, (laughs) (laughs) when, you know, it helps to win. (laughs) Yeah. Winning is a great salve, right? But, you know, like, um, even my kids, you know, we homeschooled, but my kids were on the public teams Yeah, and, um, you know, when you didn't win, they'd come home and they'd be like, dad, man, <laughs> I mean, like, hey, just turn the other cheek, bro. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, is there a stress that your wife feels or anything being the head coach's wife? Or I guess I'd probably have to ask her that too, but. Uh, yeah, well, I'll, I'll, I'll put it this way. She typically doesn't sit um, real close to our parents <laughs> uh, because they sometimes can become a little vocal during the game, but um but yeah, you know, I mean, she has handled it really well. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, I mean, it, it's, I, I think it's hard. It's hard. It, it's hard. And, and because, you know, I know you hear a lot of people say, well, I leave my work at work. Well, that's great. That sounds great, but um, it's very difficult to do, especially when you've had a tough week. Oh man. And, um, and so sometimes you do, you know, I, I, I wish I didn't, but sometimes I do bring that home. Yeah. Uh, but she has been incredibly patient and incredibly supportive. Um, you know, I, I can't imagine doing it, doing what what I do, what you do without a supportive wife. Oh, man. I think that's why a lot of times, you know, our colleagues end up divorced because when when you're in this, you're in it together. Team. And um, yeah, you, you can't you can't do this uh, on your own um, or that marriage is not going to work. Yeah. It's, it's very, uh, I mean, you got to stay connected all the time because, um, it's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. It's kind of cute too. Cause when I met my wife, she didn't really watch football at all. <laughs> and, uh, she said, uh, we we're, I started dating her at Northern Arizona and, uh, she goes, what do you do? And I said, <laughs> I coach, I coach football. And she goes here. <laughs> she didn't even know their school had a team. I said, yeah, we're actually pretty good too. You know, we were pretty decent. And uh, she goes, oh. So then she started coming to games and we dated. Long story short now, 31 years later, we've been married, right? She's been to how many football games? 500,000, you know, and watched, <laughs> and watched at least pieces of them. And then we have three boys and a girl, but our three boys all played high school football. So we're at the, the uh, semifinals here in Chattanooga. And my son, my youngest son, Soren, is in, uh, he's on the team and he's playing and they lose, our team loses the semifinal. And, um, you know, boys are sad and you know how it is when you lose. Yeah. Well, Amy, I mean, she, she generally didn't get too emotional or anything when, you know, they win or lose or whatever. She always empathetic, but we're in the car and we're driving home from Chattanooga, real quiet. She's real quiet. And I look over at her and she's got like, tear on her cheek coming down she's wiping her and i said what's going on and i said y'all right and she goes yeah and i said you said i i said you're sad right i know it's it's hard when the boys lose she goes no this is gonna be like the last football game that we go to (laughs) i said 
from a girl who didn't even ever watch football to crying over we're not going to any more games oh my gosh you've come a long ways girlfriend that so, is hilarious that shows you how connected they get though yeah that, no I, I think you're absolutely right and I've, I've asked my girls you know just at different times you know what what if I didn't coach football anymore and um you know Ray Truth and our three girls have all said no no, you know, you can't, you can't stop coaching, you know, and just kind of, you know, like you said, I'm exhausted. I think I need, <laughs> I need a break. No, you know, but it's like you finish a season and you spent so much time apart from your family. You thought, you know, you think, man, I could actually go do something else, yeah. spend less time working right. and make more money than I do at the high school level. And, um, and every time they've been like, no, you cannot stop. Well, they're engaged in it. Yeah. They, they, they love it. You know, so they've, they've fallen in love with it. And um, I will say my wife has always been an avid sports fan. And so um, I think that certainly helps as well. (laughs) I think that helps a little bit. (laughs) Yeah. Her her dad played uh, football and basketball at the university of North Carolina and her brother played you know high school sports and 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 so anyways she's always kind of had her foot in uh she was a high school basketball player herself so there you go there you you know that 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 certainly helps yeah she understands the the culture of being part of a team and the locker room and all that kind of stuff that's so fun what's the off season look for you well we you know we're we're back in the weight room and uh you know starting to build some strength and size for the upcoming season so uh yeah but it is nice to get a little bit of a break you know not come home late every night and uh (laughs) and kind of get back into a little bit of a a normal um type of not nine to five type of schedule yeah um, amy would say hey can you can you empty the dishwasher i said yeah so I started emptying the dishwasher. I'm like, where does this go? Where does this go? <laughs> She's like, forget it. I'll just do it myself. <laughs> and I did I didn't do that on purpose. I <laughs> no. Hey, uh, this show is called Another Rep with Coach Steve Hagan. And what's another rep mean to you, Steve? Well, I, th- I think another rep is uh, is not only another opportunity, but it's another opportunity to get better. It's another yeah. opportunity maybe to fix a mistake um, that you had. And I think it's also points I'll, I'll, I'll dip into um, from one Christian to another. I think it's, it dips into a bit of mercy and grace, right? I mean, it's, Hey, all right, let's turn the page. Let's move on. What's next. Yeah. And, um, and so, um, you know, I think it points to um, certain, certainly, that Christian ethic of mercy and grace. So, um, you know, I, I think it's, um, I love it. I, I, you know, I, I I love that. It's, um, to me, it's, it's something that looks forward. Okay. What's next, or we've got another opportunity to either fix something or get better at something. Yeah. Yeah. I love asking people that. And I don't, I kind of surprise them with it, you know, (laughs) and I love their answers because they're all different. I love this answer. And it's like, I agree. It's, it's let's play forward, never flinch, just always rep and let's just keep going forward. So you get your guys in the locker room or the weight room now in this off season. And it's like, Hey man, you get another chance to go, to go achieve this goal. Last year was last year. That team is not the same team. You got pieces of that team. That quarterback is back and some other guys will be back, but that chemistry, it's a whole nother, you know, it's another, another batch of guys that you got to, reculturize 
Yeah, no, you're right. It's, it's, as you know, it's a different team every single year. Yeah. Because there's a senior class that exits, a freshman class that comes in. It's a new, it's a whole new dynamic within that team environment. Yeah. That's what I love about it. It's like reality. It's the best reality TV, right? Yeah, it is. Because, <laughs> you know, it's just, they, they say, uh, you know, why is it so hard? Like for me, they, they, people have asked me, why is it so hard to transition from coaching? Because I'm 60. Right. So I'm I'm uh, at a point where I'm too young to retire and too old, too old for some people to hire me, you know, <laughs> the way they look at it. And I'm, I'm like, what the heck, man? <laughs> you know? But why is it so difficult to transition? And it's because it's it's um, it's the capacity to communicate and relate to a, a younger generation or just, you know, people in general that want to achieve and want to do it at the level that the highest level that they possibly can. And you get an opportunity to help them. And that's what I, I think. So that's what, that's why we're wired the way we're wired, man. So, yeah. Hey, thanks no, so I much. You're absolutely right. Yeah. Thanks so much for coming on the show and um, keep repping, dude. Absolutely. Hey, thanks for having me, Steve. Yeah. I love you. It. I'll talk to you. All right. Hey, Steve, thanks so much for coming on another rep. I really appreciate you sharing your story. Winning a state championship, we all know how hard that is to do. That's just crazy great for you, your team, your family, everybody. Hey, if you like this show, hit subscribe, hit like, share this with your team, your family, your team family. And uh, But for today, let's just keep repping because I am out.